Welcome to RBC's Markets in Motion podcast, recorded May 22nd, 2023. I'm Lori Calvacina, Head of U.S. Equity Strategy at RBC Capital Markets. Please listen to the end of this podcast for important disclaimers. Two big things you need to know this week. First, we took a closer look at stock market performance and economic data around the recession of 1945, the only time since the Great Depression that the stock market didn't fall as a recession took hold. We continue to think this period provides useful lessons for how to think about the current backdrop for equities and helps explain the resiliency of the equity market this year. Second, the theme of recovery continues to jump out to us in a number of the higher frequency stats we've been tracking, adding to our belief that the recent resiliency in the U.S. equity market has been justified. If you'd like to hear more, here's another six minutes. While you're waiting, a quick reminder that if you found this podcast and our research helpful, we'd appreciate your support in the Institutional Investor All-America Research Survey. Please vote for Lori Calvacina in the Portfolio Strategy category. Voting opens May 30th and lasts through June 23rd. Now let's jump into the details. Takeaway number one, we took a deep dive into stock market performance and economic data around the 1945 recession, which we continue to believe helps explain the S&P's resiliency this year. In our meetings over the past month or so, which have included a broad sample of U.S. and non-U.S. based investors, both hedge fund and long only, there's been one chart that's caused most of those we've spoken with to pause and reflect. And that's our chart highlighting how the stock market essentially ignored the recession coming out of World War II. We've typically talked about this chart after walking through our list of reasons why the S&P 500 has been so resilient in 2023. After going through our charts on earnings valuation and how small caps were pricing in a recession last summer, which makes it more likely that October marked the recession lows in the S&P, one of the investors we're speaking with usually likes to inform us that the S&P 500 has literally never bottomed before a recession started, with a fairly high degree of certainty. This belief has been one of the issues that cautious U.S. equity investors simply haven't been able to wrap their heads around. We respond when this comes up by bringing out data showing how something along those lines actually did happen back in 1945. Coming out of World War II, the U.S. economy experienced a recession from February through October, but the S&P 500 kept marching higher. This data point has been a revelation for a number of the investors we've sat across the table from over the past month, with a number acknowledging that the COVID economy was basically a wartime economy. With these conversations in mind, we spent some time last week taking a closer look at the economic and stock market data in the 40s. What we found confirmed to us is that there are enough similarities between the two to make it a worthy comparison. In both periods, a massive amount of government support for the economy was withdrawn in a hurry. Back then it was fiscal spend, today it's monetary. Additionally, inflation was a big problem back then generally, just as it has been recently. Back then, the labor market also displayed an underlying resilience with a low unemployment rate that peaked in the low 4% range in early 46. Today, consensus economic forecasts are expecting the unemployment rate to top out at 4.7% in the middle of next year and hit 4.3% at the end of 23. One difference we do see is that in 1945, personal consumption and private investment were growing, while those are expected to take modest hits late this year in current consensus economic forecasts. Still, this helps us understand how the ongoing conversation about better-than-expected consumer trends and better-than-expected earnings forecasts in 2023 have helped to support equity prices. The main new thing we learned from our exercise is that while the stock market rallied through the onset of recession and a brief deterioration in the labor backdrop back in 1945, it wasn't able to sustain that positive momentum in 1946 when the S&P experienced a drawdown of about 12%. 
Even though the recession was technically over by 1946 and the labor market was on the mend, stocks weren't able to look past the return of onerous inflation that year when CPI moved up from 2.3% to 8.3% and a second consecutive year of real GDP contraction. Ultimately, there ended up being a limit to the stock market's resiliency. On balance, the body of our work has been suggesting to us that the U.S. equity market has held up well in 2023, in part due to the expectation that 2024 will be a recovery year for both earnings and the economy, as well as the assumption that inflation is moderating with the worst behind us. If those premises fail to hold, the stock market is likely vulnerable to downside declines either late this year or in 2024. That's not our base case by far. We stand by our 4,100-year end S&P target and do not count ourselves among the bears out there. But this is a risk we see in the background that we need to keep monitoring. We'll move on to takeaway number two. Recovery expectations continue to fuel resiliency in stocks. We continue to see evidence that the S&P 500's resiliency is being fueled by the anticipation of recovery in terms of both earnings and the economy in 2024. Here's what jumps out on our higher frequency stats at the moment. First, the S&P 500 is back in positive earnings revision territory. At 51% on its four-week average, the rate of upward revisions for the S&P 500 on earnings has returned to positive territory, which means there have been more positive than negative revisions to EPS forecasts for both current year and next year's forecasts. The breadth of positive revisions is improving at the sector level. Healthcare has now joined industrials, consumer discretionary, and consumer staples in positive revision territory on both earnings and sales forecasts. Second, institutional investor sentiment is also showing signs of recovery. The latest data from CFTC on asset manager positioning stands in contrast with the positioning of leveraged funds in the S&P 500 E-minis. The latter is at the low end of its range and points to a more extreme bearish view. What we're seeing on the asset manager data points, however, is that positioning got extremely bearish last year and is basically in the middle innings of recovery right now. The third data point, both the S&P 500 and Russell 2000 are trading at levels consistent with the anticipation of a recovery in jobless claims. Both the S&P and Russell 2000 tend to move in sync with trends in jobless claims when both are calculated on a year-over-year -year basis. Current pricing in both indices is consistent with the idea that the pickup in claims will start to moderate. While we know the bears will argue that labor is going to get worse and stocks will eventually have to price in that reality, we are comforted by the likelihood that key sectors like industrials have less of a need to reduce their workforces due to the major layoffs they did during COVID and the long-term tailwinds from reshoring and the IRA that may make them more willing to ride out an economic, short, an economic storm as long as they think it's short-term. Our review of 1Q earnings calls also reminds us that while the labor backdrop is improving for many companies, the demand for talent is also still there. And fourth, consensus economic forecasts continue to bake in recovery in the quarterly stats. On a quarter-over-quarter -quarter basis, real GDP is still expected to see its low point in 4Q of 2023 before moving up again in 1Q24, despite the fact that all the numbers have been coming down lately. One final thought as we wrap up, one thing that's become increasingly clear to us in our meetings recently has been that 2022 pricing in the U.S. equity market pre-traded a difficult earnings and economic backdrop that was expected to happen in 2023. Putting targets aside, we think 2023 pricing in the U.S. equity market will be similarly forward-looking and ultimately reflect whether the anticipated 2024 recovery actually ends up happening. That's all for now. Thanks for listening, and be sure to reach out to your RBC representative with any questions. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. 
It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives. Thank you.